Welcome to Annie Bros episode number 143. Today the cousins discuss the online digital only Digikumo and how Anime Jeopardy was the best panel there. So get ready to choose anime for 500 because Annie Bros is starting now. Cool. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Andy Bros. Uh, as usual, we are the cousins here again, once again, for another great, fun, exciting, fun time. Uh, Yay! I'm... Yes, that's, that's the level excitement. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm looking for here. Uh, you can go to our website at www.andybrospodcast.com. You can go to www.andybroscreative.com to listen to all of our other podcasts in our ring our web ring, the anime turnpike of podcasts, uh, where you can listen to all our fine friends' shows. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Laven Voth. And you can find me, uh, Kenny, at Sakoku underscore Otaku on Twitter. Indeed. Well, we're here again, once Yay. again, for uh, <laughs> another episode. Yeah, um, we did it. We, we promised. We made, made plans and we followed through. Yeah, we sort of, well, yeah, on our side, that's true. We gave a soft promise last time of hopefully maybe getting an episode out before Comoricon, but oh. that, I mean, no. who believed us, really, when you think Why about it? Probably, probably nobody, so it's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, why would anybody think that we would actually do that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fool's game to promise at this point. Plus... You don't want the pre-convention episode. You want the post-convention episode. That's where the money's made. <laughs> That's where, well, whose money? Because if we hype up the convention, maybe Comoricon's money is made. Oh, they're going to blame us for the results then. Because <laughs> we didn't I, do our PR work. That's true. Did Well, I mean, we're jumping right in. But yeah. <laughs> this, this made me curious. Uh, did they release uh, numbers at all? Um no but yeah maybe we should give context to the conversation we're we're having um so as we talked about last episode uh annie bros creative participated in um the digital version of the annual kamori Khan anime convention that's held in uh, portland oregon our our home base at least annie bros west home base um, annie bros west home base yeah uh and <laughs> So because of the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, all, essentially every major convention was canceled this year and a uh, majority of them went digital. That held true for KomoriCon. Um, they didn't really announce plans for their digital right away, not at least not in conjunction with when they canceled it. But um, it did come out that they were going to do DigiKumo, um, the digital, digital con. And so that was um, during the first ish weekend of november yeah the first weekend of november this year um in the year of our lord 2020 mm -hmm. now you bring up a good point um does oh so or i mean do or did <laughs> as it were any conventions 
actually run this year non-digitally in the United States of America? I imagine any that were before March probably oh. still happened. <laughs> okay, fair point. I didn't think of, you know, it's yeah. been so long ago. I 2020 of all of 2020 has been the, <laughs> you know, the uh, plague yeah. year or the year where, you know, God it's... spites <laughs> us for our folly. So <clears throat> yeah. uh, I forgot that the first couple of months uh, were smooth sailing, more or less. Yeah, it's the 2020 has been like the hyperbolic time chamber of years. So, you know, it felt like March was a good five years long. And then we blinked and it was August. Uh, and then, you know, the summer was kind of long-ish. And then October felt like another millennia. Um, November's, November's been okay. I've had a pretty good November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you became one year closer to death. Yeah, so that <laughs> happens every November. I, you know, trivia for um, listeners at home. But back in the day, KomoriCon used to fall uh, a lot closer to Laven's birthday. Um, very frequently, it was on Laven's birthday, and mm -hmm. now uh, they have been forced back by either I don't know, not reserving space and time, or because they had to move to the convention center. Whatever schedule the convention center had kept pushing them back and back there was a year where it was like over halloween and now it's just squarely in november um which is so funny that it's now around my birthday it's like these weird <laughs> little bookends we've traded well yeah. now that you're uh the head of uh annie bros of america a subsidiary of annie bros corporation um <laughs> that yeah you can have you can be honored with the with the tradition of having a one of our staff <laughs> have the, the birthday during the convention during the convention yeah it's a great it's a tribute i appreciate it indeed um yeah, uh, yeah well i don't know if uh i'm i'm glad that they did this to to push it to your birthday but uh, i'm mostly glad that it's not over halloween weekend which was mm -hmm. probably the worst decision ever uh I don't know how that affected their attendance. Probably not a lot, but people like to, especially, well, I guess kids, kids can't go out and party or they shouldn't be <laughs> during Halloween day <laughs> or Halloween weekend. But those of us of age, <laughs> especially me, I had to turn down so many, uh, like, Hey, I'm having a fun drinking time at my house over Halloween. And I'm like, Oh, you wanted to, to go. Gotta go to you the anime convention. Sorry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. I'd love to come to your Halloween rager, but I gotta, I gotta hang out with a bunch of nerds in the convention center. I know. Back in the time, back in my single days, I'm just like, sorry, I can't go to your mixer where I could potentially meet somebody cool. I have to, uh, I have to go be a nerd. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you could meet sucks. people at an anime convention. You, it never worked. I, I never did. So yeah, same. So um, it doesn't work. That's the anecdotal evidence I share for you today. Yeah. It's impossible. I mean. Can't be done. I guess every bad relationship we've ever made, formed uh, happened at an anime convention. That's true. I still can't get rid of <laughs> that old man who follows me around, but uh, I'm trying. He, he'll follow. He's close now. I know. He's he's, he's trying his best. <laughs> Yeah, um, so this year, like, fans of the show will know that um, we've put to, we've put on uh, a anime trivia game, Anime Jeopardy, at KomoriCon for 
well over a decade at this point. Yeah, I think I was gonna I say, think, don't say it, don't say it, don't say the number. I don't want to, I don't want to hear I th- it. <laughs> I think we've done it 14 years, 14 or 13 years. Um, and yeah, sounds right. Yeah. And, you know, we always do it. And so as a team, we said, you know, if they do it digital, we'll figure this out. Um, and so they announced Digi Kumo. And we said, okay, let's see what the panel's application's like. Um, it was pretty straightforward. They needed a demo reel from us, um, which maybe we can post in the the episode notes for this because I think maybe it'll be fun for people to see how we pitched it. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, and so we we all got together. You know, this was a really cool opportunity. Um, I'm I'm taking the high road here. This is a cool opportunity that uh, you know my my first opportunity to host Anime Jeopardy was snatched from me by COVID-19 uh, and dropped back in its rightful owner's lap. <laughs> but I think that was that was also a really cool opportunity because, um, you know, I, I, I we've been doing Anime Jeopardy together for so long that it was going to kind of suck to not do it with you. So um, I think that's one of the big biggest benefits of doing a digital convention is time and space did not constrict who we could hang out with. Very true, yeah. Um, I was emotionally ready to not be uh, included with my group of friends who are <laughs> having a big get-together without me. I was like, you know what? It's not going to affect me. It's going to be fine. It's going to have fun. I'll <laughs> be you, here. Were you pouring myself. like a, a, a double of scotch when you were telling <laughs> yourself this? Uh, yeah, sure, a double. <laughs> uh but then, yeah, circumstances awarded me with the uh, opportunity to once again reunite with everyone, and that was that was cool. Um, and on that note, you said that like we couldn't uh, time and space didn't restrict our our friendship this time, and mm-hmm. so did it not restrict the uh, available contestant pool as yeah. we got, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was going to be just a bunch of you know the same old people from mm-hmm. i thought it would basically be the normal population of komori Khan minus a lot <laughs> yeah but so we mm-hmm. didn't no i i agree and i i mean we we had a lot of internal debates at any bros creative about um who like how are we going to get contestants are we going to get better contestants than normal are the contestants going to be worse than normal um because Normally, we've probably explained this on past um, con reports, we have a contestant selection panel where we issue the the contestant exam in person and we um, generally I stand in the hall at the con and like accost people (laughs) and say, uh, do you want to take this quiz? Do you like trivia? Do you want to earn some win some fun prizes? Um, This we couldn't do that this year. And so we turned to um, we used a Google form, which you can set up as a as a test because of um, some of their education stuff. And um, every year, the test is always like a representative example of the categories that we have. So um, we put that together. We we made sample questions like we always do, and then um, I just started sharing it all over the internet anywhere I hang out for with with anime fans. Um, but it was still it was kind of a pain to get people to take <laughs> it. Um, and I, I think a lot of that was we couldn't two things, and this will come up as bigger context of issues with the the Komori Khan, Digikumo in general. But first and 
foremost, we didn't know when our our panel was going to be for a very long time. <laughs> for a um, very long time. And so we couldn't we couldn't tell people who were applying you need to be available at um what yes. 4 4 p.m. Yeah, yeah. on Saturday. Um we just had to be like you might play between Friday and Sunday. Um and then we also times are tough <laughs> the, uh, despite what the stock market might suggest um it's hard it was harder this year to get sponsorships from companies um it was really it was kind of an uphill climb to to get the <laughs> the prizes that we ended up, ended up having for it yeah yeah uh but <clears throat> i thought we got some great contestants um and yeah far reaching um all across the united states which was really cool and i thought overall they performed really well like i don't think we had too many dead categories which is like a category where no one gets them yeah 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 i agree everyone got them they were very easy questions <laughs> yeah and, the questions uh, could have been harder i mean i wouldn't have got them because they're all about um what's that anime you're always talking about the my uh, hero academia yeah they're always all about my hero academia i don't understand how that's even possible but there were like two or three two or three in one game of jeopardy yeah we did um we got feedback from a um a contestant and a a fan of the show saying that um they wanted a sports category that we should we should do a sports category for the lowly peasant anime fans who only watch sports anime and and i was like look we fight this fight every year (laughs) I know. Every year we usually have a sports category, and this time we didn't, and I was yeah. saddened. Uh, but that's my own fault because I dropped the ball on creating categories. So that when that happens, we default to my hero academia. <laughs> we, that's just a full. It's like a full category. It's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, they just backfill yeah. it. Our <laughs> our uh, wonderful team who, yeah. while we can rag on as much as possible, also does contribute a lot of work, and we couldn't do it without them. Um, yeah, they, no, it, if I if I neglect to do the thing I want to do, they default back to the same three type of anime questions in every single one, and I'm like, ah, okay, at least the game is done. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it does. It takes uh, it takes an army to make anime Jeopardy, um, and we're grateful to everybody on the team who contributes to it, especially That's Jason. True. We um, started off as yeah. We we started off as um, I would say I would consider us uh, the Che Guevara and Fidel Castro in the mountains <laughs> by ourselves, and we finally took over Cuba. Now, yeah, that's a great. That is the perfect way to put it. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of us is dead. The other, well, we're both dead at this point. But I was going to say one of us died early on, and then the other um, got really old, and then. You know, the successors took over and we're just the figureheads. Mm-hmm. So it yep. makes sense. Yeah, it's basically yeah. going down this exact path. Yeah. <laughs> this metaphor worked a little better than I, th- I thought about. It's dangerous. <laughs> in the beginning. Um, but yeah, uh, it was good. I was surprised to get contestants from, yeah, around the U.S., as I was saying before. Like, that That was my biggest surprise. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Who are these people from somewhere else? Why do they know about Anime Jeopardy? Yeah. Because I was like a carnival barker, like every place that, every mod that would let me post in a Discord chat, I was like, 
you made a mistake <laughs> hey remember this remember me yeah yeah so um so we did we did our two panels um you know anime jeopardy and anime jeopardy 18 plus which was sponsored by faku um who we're always grateful to get um sponsorship from this is their fourth year in a row uh and they yeah, saved us in like the 11th hour <clears throat> yeah their business isn't affected no uh, by by downturns in the economy <laughs> well you know i i hope it isn't but i feel like i feel like if someone is gonna like go into austerity measures and be like okay i gotta make some cuts it's gonna be the subscription to faku that might not make the cut because of other means of acquiring what they provide that's just my concern for their business i don't i don't necessarily know that's true but i i think that you know if you're like a if you're an out of work nerd making the the calculations on what to cut from the budget might be like oh you know what i can just get this for free that's true i don't uh personally i don't understand why anyone ever has paid for <laughs> pornographic material because it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> it's always been available for free. You got to support the artists. Yeah. I mean, yes, I support <laughs> supporting the artists. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we put those on and that's, that's kind of what we contributed to Digikumo. Um, so we'll, we'll probably do our normal thing where we talk about the good, we talk about the bad, um, I definitely want to start with the good. I always like starting with the positive. Um, I think that, uh, as always, the trigger panel was awesome, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm grateful to um, your wife for pointing out to us that it was actually happening on day one of the convention, not day two. Um, yes, and she'll be very happy to uh, find that you thank her instead of me. So good, good <laughs> jobs all around. <laughs> Yeah, see, well, I learned, because initially I thought I thanked you, but then you very gallantly pointed out that it was actually someone else. <laughs> it was actually not me. I was just the messenger. Yeah, but I um, I, I like the trigger panel a lot. Um, so they did a live stream from Japan with um, uh, Koyama Shigeto and um, Wakabayashi Hiromi. Um, mm -hmm. Koyama is character designer, mecha designer at Trigger, um, Koyama is a producer and PR guy, um, does some character design work, I believe, uh, maybe some writing too. Um, he's kind of a jack of all trades at Trigger. Uh, it's really hard to pin down what exactly he does, um, mm -hmm. but it was cool. They, you know, they took questions from the audience. Um, they answered three of my questions because I think people didn't understand how to submit questions. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, gonna I was gonna comment on that. I was like, the, the panel was basically some some scrubs ask questions, and then Kenny asked questions. That was the panel. <laughs> yeah, I I need to write up. Uh, I was taking notes the whole time. They, I'm trying to think if they said anything that was really interesting. Um, they kind of got sidetracked by asking, you know, what snacks do do they eat while they're doing design work, and apparently, um, Koyama is. Um, Oh, earlier I flipped Koyama and Wakabayashi in my head, by the way. Koyama is the character designer. Wakabayashi is the jack of all trades. Um, apparently, Koyama will just eat cheese and prosciutto during meetings, and he'll, like, sit there and, like, 
be focused on making the perfect bite and getting just kind of like eating the entire meeting and everyone else is just like dude what are you doing um it's come to my attention that that was your favorite part of the interview because you've re- <laughs> you've recounted this part of the story like a bunch of times to me and, and our friends, uh, well, but you've never explained like retold your own question answers that you asked. You've always been true. like stupid guy asking about cheese. Now, fun fact about them that they like to eat <laughs> cheese during the meetings. It's like okay, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean the uh, let me see if I can pull up my notes, but. Um, it it just always sticks out in my head because it's like the types of questions that get asked like you know occasionally they'll have um like people who ask actual questions about the art or the method or what have you but a lot of times like people in the audience um at an anime convention yeah we might all like animation but a, a good number of people there are just like i like the show and it doesn't go deeper than that. And so they'll ask questions that aren't very substantial. They'll just be like, I want to know something funny. I want to hear a funny anecdote. Um, and it, like, you know, a few years back when Trigger was at KomoriCon, someone asked them also about food. And then we got on this whole question sequence about cheese. Uh, mm-hmm. And they got, they were like, they were annoyed with the audience. Um, so I thought that was funny. And oh, so... One thing that I thought was really interesting, um, and I'll plug the question. I one of the questions I asked is, I um, Koyama does a lot of mecha mechanical designs and mecha designs, um, and I asked the question I asked was, you know, where do you what sources do you use for mechanical designs? Like, what what do you look for for inspiration? And he actually said that he draws the silhouette first, um, so he doesn't even start at the technical or mechanical level. He's like. I want a cool looking silhouette. <laughs> and then from mm-hmm. there I fill in the detail, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And, um, I went Instagram stalking, uh, Koyama and he actually has on his Instagram, a video, like a, a time-lapse of him drawing, um, uh, like a mech design. And he does, he dr- he draws like the, the shadow, the silhouette of it. Um, and then he like comes back through and starts doing the finer detail. Um, which was a really, it's really interesting to see, um and hear him, him talk about that way because like it makes total sense looking at triggers designs it's like oh this thing just looks imposing and badass and then all the f- all the little stuff is is filled in mm-hmm. um, somehow that, it can walk <laughs> also yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to ask um uh the director of promare um imaishi i'm pretty sure he did the the mech design for the kaiser um x like the big um, enemy mech at the end of Promare. And that one is very like functional um, and almost like designed like a transformer. And so it'd be really interesting to ask him that same question because I feel like you can't start with a silhouette on something like that. Um, you have to kind of come at it more like, okay, here is the here are the five real world objects I'm trying to meld into this thing. Um, mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Got it. I mean, I don't want you to yeah. <laughs> uh, mech, mech design splain the mech designer. Like, did you really? Did you really do well, it the way you say you did it? That's why I'd be curious to ask, like, if Imaishi's <laughs> ever let out of the country. Um, <laughs> although it's probably for his own protection that they don't they don't send him to Oregon. 
That's true. <laughs> uh, now that all drugs are legal, he may never come back. <laughs> true. I'm not implying that he's a drug addict, nefarious <laughs> character, by the way, for legal reasons. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. They love Portland. They do. They're going to love it even more now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were the three panels that really caught my attention <laughs> um, for the entire weekend. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Same here. Uh, two of them I had to be at due to obligations. And <laughs> the third one, it was trigger. So obviously I'm not going to miss that one. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, I, I took some like, like cursory glances at the, like what's happening now page. Like what mm-hmm. is, I didn't, I looked at the schedule like once just to find out when our stuff was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really get a, you know, full picture of what all was possible this Mm -hmm. uh, last weekend but uh the ones i saw that were like in progress or i i clicked on them uh because they were it was going to stream our stuff like a a little bit later yeah looked very not great it was like literally the kind of panels we make fun of it was like (laughs) kigurumi pajama party ghost stories with the cast of sailor moon like okay oh that would have been cool though um no yeah. well, not the cast sorry the uh the cosplaying random oh the cosplay people yeah of, yeah okay. of, of sailor moon and i'm like you know what i i pitched real panels before <laughs> <laughs> and i always get turned down and always these these jokers get to just like talk about you know like tumblr memes for an hour and what the heck yeah and so the way Digikuma was set up is they had four live streaming rooms um, or maybe it was like three in a Twitch channel. But so they would have they would have either pre-recorded content or live content going on. Um, and so it was it was kind of like a real convention. I I'm a fan of digital conventions, I think, I like in, in principle, I think they're more accessible um, They're right now. They're safer. Um, and I think it's also kind of a cool way for for people to maybe experiment with the form and function of an anime convention. Um, but you know, I think I think there's a few things at play. Um, one is I like this content just isn't for us. Like it just doesn't doesn't speak to us. So it doesn't. It's not appealing. Um, and at the very least, it seems like. Digikumo was like super focused on cosplay and American or um, English dubs of uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> anime because yeah. there was there were some there were a lot of uh, cosplay panels um, and they got some cool cosplay panels. Um, they got um, Kamui cosplay to do an interview. Um, Kamui cosplay does a lot of cool like foam armor and sculpting work. Um, so that was interesting we we tuned in like um while we were setting up just kind of interesting and um but then it was a lot of like they got some cool va cast reunions like they had a reunion for cowboy bebop um they got a reunion for whatever that netflix voltron show was um (laughs) yeah and so like those things they've just never appealed to us like we rarely cared have ever cared about the the English VA cast. Like, um, but I know, like, I know like that Cowboy Bebop reunion was really important to some people. Cause that's like, I mean, that's like a, uh, 
cornerstone VA crew, those guys. Yeah. And so like, that's cool. And it's, it's cool that they got those kind of wins in programming, but it's like, we don't really cosplay and (laughs) we're much more interested in the Japan side of anime production. So like almost maybe 75% of the content for this con was just not just a total wash for us. And so it, which, yeah, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of like actual anime fan content, mm-hmm. like fan content. So, okay. So like if you split it up into fan content and industry content, mm-hmm. industry content was uh, like English voice acting industry stuff. Okay. Sure. And trigger. And yeah. then that's it. <laughs> and then fan content was like what we were saying, like cosplay and like, yeah like that's it and (laughs) cosplay and like writing which like that's cool if you um i think there are better especially in oregon i think there are better like writing conventions but it's just interesting that sure sure sure. i'm not disparaging like their their group and like i i think that it's great that those those like kind of outlets are they exist for the fans who want to see that but like at the expense of having anime panels at the anime convention i think Mm -hmm. is ridiculous yeah i completely agree with that and you know we have no way of knowing what was submitted and what might have been denied i have a hunch that they had a real hard time getting people to actually just submit content which if we had known i think we would have done more panels like if we had if we had thought that there was a chance that we could do like your gynax in review panel or um like a i don't know like a serial experiments lane uh panel would be kind of fun but like and i i don't know how much of it is the bias of the people who run komori con and i also don't know how much of it is informed by understanding their audience like i would hope as a soulless marketing professional that i am that they do that they've been paying attention to what trends matter and that what fill seats um now i yeah i was gonna say this like they um probably the content that we're wanting and talking about now is not what fills seats as you can tell by it. Cause they, they do well prior to this year, they publish the numbers of total mm-hmm. attendees and it goes up. It goes yeah. up every year. And I always think the programming gets worse every year. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's a direct correlation to like what I want doesn't matter. And what the, the kids want is what we are seeing. Yeah, that's totally true. And I wonder yeah, they haven't released numbers yet, um, looking at their website. And, um, you know, I, this is kind of something that we wanted to talk about is like, I'll, there's a lot of talk. You can find a lot of people who talk about this occasionally on like Annie Twitter or um, the various places where anim, old older anime fans hang out. Um, and I think this is like something that um, resident anime grouchy old man Daryl Surratt talks about a lot is um, like the the age of anime fans like or the kind of like the stamina or the endurance for an anime fan is like it seems to be only a few few years as like a peak consumer and then you just kind of shuffle off to something else um and so like it's it's a question of like are we a rarity where we've been anime fans for 20 plus years at this point um yeah i've heard this like critique before and like, I don't know, I kind of bought it for a while, but 
I think it's just like a matter of perspective. Like if you see anime as like the sub niche, the the niche or the subculture of anime as a whole unit, then yeah, mm. you like get into it and then you consume and you burn out and you're done with it. Uh, but like people don't do that with movies or TV shows. They don't mm. just be like, yeah, I'm a TV show guy now. And I watched all these sitcoms for two years and now I just hate <laughs> it. Like that doesn't happen. Like yeah. if you if you approach it as like the medium of the art to consume, which I that sounds stupidly pretentious. I didn't mean to say <laughs> it like that. But you no, know, you. if you see it as if as like a medium, then you just watch it when it's good and don't watch it when it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You're done. Like you just watch it whenever it feels good to watch. You don't need to be like put on your like I'm an anime guy hat now that I'm mm. into the anime scene like that that is what burns you out like you don't need to do that that's ridiculous. oh yeah I think 100% I think um definitely the times where I've been like the most burned out on anime is when I've been like trying to lean in the hardest um I remember in college I had like a spreadsheet for tracking all the shows I was watching uh, and a friend of mine looked at it and she was like why did you turn this into a chore? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's a, yeah. But when you're in your early, when you're getting into it, I mean, I, I understand. Like what I just said is the ideal mm-hmm. that you should like aspire to. But I, I mean, I fell victim to this as well. Like when you first get into it, you're like, you know, oh, like you see the people on like anime Twitter or like your like other podcasts where you're like, they know everything about anime. I also want to know everything about anime. So yeah. you start like building your mental database of everything like i gotta see Mm -hmm. it all so i can just be the walking encyclopedia and like that's not fun to do it's fun at first because you're like yeah Yeah. making progress i'm becoming the person i wanted to be and now but then you realize that it's too impossible and it's like not worth it because nobody cares (laughs) yeah exactly like okay just gonna enjoy what i enjoy and i'm not gonna worry about like who directed this like if i can remember that and if i can you know put things together uh secondarily like mm-hmm. i will do that and of course like i can recognize like you know some directors and some voice actors and things like that but like what i don't care i just want to like watch the show and if the show was good i'll go back and re research more into like the production of the show mm-hmm. but it's t- totally not <laughs> worth like dedicating your your life to becoming like the offline encyclopedia of anime yeah and to bring this back over to, to like Digikumo and like the panel content, like convention content in general, I just think that at least for KomoriCon, um, and it's been this way for several years, two years ago, I think they did something really interesting where they introduced this like almost academic track where I think they solicited papers and proposals from like maybe college students who are, I don't know, like some, some idiots on this podcast, Japanese studies majors who, um, mm-hmm. who like, did some type of rigorous study on an anime or a topic related to anime and they presented those. And I don't, I don't know if those went over well. I tried to make as many as I could. Um, they didn't really appeal to me cause they were just like academics presenting papers, which um, undergrads never do well. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but it's like the content that it seems to be speaking is like to whatever is like really appealing to kind of the active and probably more younger um people in anime fandom right now which is like okay what shows are are on cartoon network and and adult swim right now which are always going to have um an english 
dub and then you know what's popular cosplay seems to be like just huge um in i don't know if it's we, i've never like Kamori Con's the only con i really go to i mean we've done some other oregon cons but um like cosplay has always seemed to be like a big deal here especially in the last few years um where i think the quality has ramped up and like I think it's becoming one of the more, as like visual social media becomes more front and center, like Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, like being able to present your nerddom with the with cosplay seems to be a way that like people who are really into it are expressing their fandom. And so then <clears throat> that comes through in a lot of the content. Um, I don't know, if I had a house, maybe I'd be way more into cosplay because i'd have space to to build it but um i don't know it's just the content overall really didn't speak to me hmm yeah yeah that's that's i mean that's it like yeah that's the that's the review well, <laughs> it like, wasn't well, for like, us <laughs> i mean I, if i think about like if i'm gonna be honest like super honest with myself i would like to say that uh, I would go to a Gunpla panel and mm. watch them build Gundam. I like Gundams. Like, I love mm -hmm. Gundams. And I have model kits, and I've done it before, and I'm, like, you know, kind of into it. But if mm -hmm. I'm honest with myself, I'm not into it enough to care that hard about watching the Gunpla panel. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's just, like, I don't need to watch this. I don't care. I want to see – I want to talk about anime that I watched and, like, the fun story that I saw – Mm -hmm. and like the project panels are like kind of secondary to that and but if i was into it yeah i appreciate the fact that there's a group of people doing that also that want to talk about that like that's mm -hmm. what they should have and i feel like the focus has shifted from anime to like the side niches within anime instead of anime as the whole yeah and that's what i i don't know i don't like that i wish yeah. it was the other way around yeah, I agree. I like I would totally love it if there were just more just like bring Carl Horn, <laughs> editor from Dark Horse. Like just have him I have him just give him a room the entire weekend and just be like, Carl, you can talk about whatever you want and I will sit in that room all weekend. I know. Um, I, me too. I will never leave. <laughs> yeah. Um and like here's a here's advice for when I don't know, when this pandemic is over in twenty twenty two and we can have in person cons again. If you see like industry people talking uh, not about their company go to that panel i i have never gone to a panel where like a manga editor or a translator is talking about a passion project and it's been it's never been boring um, oh yeah it's always really fun uh yeah. i think now my my memory's blurring all together i'm pretty sure you weren't with us but were you with us when Jason Thompson was at KomoriCon and he did his, uh, uh, he had like a prototype board game? I think that was just me and Jack and Patrick, maybe, or me and Jack only. Uh, does this ring a bell for you? It doesn't. Is that okay, a, is so, he a Canadian actor? Is that the, who we're talking about? No, 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 no. He he was a manga editor at Viz. Oh. Um, I believe, and I've seen panels with him before, but... Um, I don't. I don't think I was at this one. No, he only came to Comic-Con like a couple of years, uh, but he's he's really cool and interesting. Um, hmm. But he brought his 
uh, his passion project to one of them, and it was like mm-hmm. a board game that he was pitching, and it was in like mm-hmm. the beta phase, and yeah. he like had a panel where you could go and play the game with him, and he would like explain the rules and have us play. And the, oh, that's the cool. concept of the, the concept of the game is that you're a manga editor, mm-hmm. and you have to make a hit manga. Oh. And and so like you draw cards and draw like scenarios, mm-hmm. and you basically the the object of the game is you're competing against everyone and you have to draw like rudimentary frames on the paper of like mm-hmm. okay your manga has to be is like a mystery manga so draw four panels that like st- start the mystery and you do that and then um i can't remember there's some kind of judging mechanic yeah. that how you win the round but then you have to draw another card and you can choose to draw like a, a quality card or like a popularity card or something Mm. like this where you have to like make the decision that you can draw a popularity card and it will like improve your overall score in the next round but it it will like sacrifice your initial dream and you have to like change the direction of your manga or you Mm -hmm. can like draw the quality one which like you lose points but like you get a more free pass on like the direction your manga is going so yeah it's, it's really it's really cool it was really fun this is actually really cool um so I found it. It's called Mangaka, the Fast and Furious Game of Drawing Comics. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's actually really cool. I'm, I might try to get this. Um, we talked about it in one of our previous podcasts. You can check it out on oh, nice. legacy.annybros.com. Uh, it's on our old <laughs> website. Uh, but and we also scanned in the manga that we made for that board game. Oh, I remember that old, episode. Okay, only, yeah. So I wasn't yeah. there. Okay, yeah. It it was really it was really fun. And I was like, this is the quality content that conventions need. Like, just like chatting with this industry insider mm-hmm. about how to make manga and playing a board game together. Like, that was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. So, yeah, to basically to, to tie it back to with what you're saying, always go uh-huh. to panels where the <laughs> industry guy is doing something that he likes and not like doing his company pitch for whatever yeah. stuff's coming out that week. Yeah. And like, the company pitch can be can be fine like i've enjoyed a dark horse panel or two where they're just going over their their catalog that's coming out in the next year because i learn about like i mean because no matter what carl horn is going to tell some interesting anecdote about the thing that he has to pitch um (laughs) but um that's true yeah it's you know i just i do wish that there was maybe a resurgence in in panels that were more like here's like one of the first Mori cons we went to someone gave a presentation on the use of domes in anime do you remember that i do that was like one of our first conventions <laughs> ever um and it was it was someone presenting this this presentation about um how like domes and essentially the the top of a mushroom cloud will appear in a lot of anime like the opening of akira um and stuff like that and, and like what it means um and it was just cool to like explore these little things about fandom. And like, I just wish that that was more appealing to a broader audience. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know how to, to gather that group of people together and, and do that. Cause maybe it's something that we have to do outside of a convention. Now I'll raise you one. Um, do you remember our very, very first convention we ever went to with my dad? Yes, I do. Yeah. And the panel we, uh, decided we, we had time to go to one panel and yeah. we decided <laughs> to go to, it was like cowboys and samurai, like, uh, I think an it, analysis. Yeah. I think it, it was, yeah. Like cowboy, samurai and pirates, wasn't it? I don't think there were pirates. I think it was just cowboys, it, yeah. and, cowboys, and, cowboys samurai. and samurai, like an analysis. And they like 
they basically like compared old samurai films to old westerns and like how it mm-hmm. represents the culture of the time and i and i was like this is great <laughs> like this is what basically maybe that made that like formed my impression of what fan panel yeah. should be and oh you're then, totally right and then uh because like we only it was like you know um like multiplied by the fact that we were only there for the one day we mm-hmm. wa- like looked at the dealer's room and got to see one panel and that was the panel we saw and then had to like leave before yeah. you know the thirst was quenched <laughs> and then just like next year we're going back and we're going to cosplay and we're going to like go to all these yeah. cool panels with like academic topics about anime like this is our people yeah. only to find out it's the kigurun dance party most of the time <laughs> i'm like the, oh the cuddle puddle slumber party yeah the murder mystery where everyone runs around in pajamas yeah and it's like oh damn it <laughs> Yeah, thought we but found I, our people, but we somehow found like the outlier. <laughs> yeah, we just act, and that's such a great point that it's because it's what we were first exposed to, and like we were never, um, I don't know. I think just because of our temperament, we were never like glop circle people. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, we always you, had contempt for those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even when we were also fourteen. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's um, so. This is gonna let's try to curb this and not not make it as mean as it sounds but like um i think it's important for everyone to find the type of people they like to be around um and we we like everybody to have like people can just have civil fun. discourse like <laughs> well no like what i mean is um like if if you're if you enjoy the glop circle and you enjoy like going to the kigurumi um slumber party panel like that's totally fine like do what makes you happy kamori comes around once a year that's probably like most people's like single outlet for their nerddom um but when we're in an in-person convention like we can self-select who we hang out with and we can focus on the people that we wanted to that we get to see once a year or that we like to hang out with and and go to the things that we enjoy um with a digital convention, it wasn't the easiest to isolate myself from the types of fandom I don't like <laughs> or the types of people I don't enjoy being around at a convention, um, which is one of those things where it's like a, a double-edged sword with these, like, it's cool that there's a KomoriCon Discord, but I also, um, there's a reason I don't hang out in a lot of, like, general anime discords because, you know, we've been anime nerds have been telling the same joke for like a year like a decade uh and i'm i'm sick of those jokes you know yeah the Um, only reason they stop telling the jokes is they age out and no one remembers like you know no one's telling inuyasha jokes anymore but (laughs) they would if they were around to do it yeah and so like there were some moments where i was just like it's kind of because it's not really what i like and it's it's kind of something that i've actively avoided like there were some just cringy moments in chat where i'm just like okay cool i guess we're still making those jokes um or we're still like we still repeating these memes after 20 years um and so that was one thing where i was just like i wish that like it it was a great excuse we all anime annie bros creative got together for the first time in 2020 like we were all together um even virtually you were on the call with us and you know, we had like a room mic and we could all chat. Um, Josh made us some great food. Um, 
and and that was awesome. We got to hang out with the people that we like. Um, but we were also still like maybe in closer contact with like just the types of things that it, it's just not like mm-hmm. it's this, the the refrain. Just a lot of this isn't for us. It feels like it's not for us anymore. And in the on the digital side, it makes it a lot harder for us to find the things that we do like. Like there was no mahjong parlor to go hide in. I mean, that's true. We could have played mahjong together yeah. as friends. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> um, I can't believe it's been one year since we learned how to play mahjong. Yeah, what a one great year. year. Uh, that's crazy. I know. I feel like we just did that. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah, but uh, now I didn't uh, like join the KomoriCon Discord, but. So my question to you is when panels were happening, did were there like breakout spaces for the each panel or yeah. was the ch- chat that was streaming the chat like the overall chat? No, so they had um like I uh, mentioned earlier, Digikumo had like four live stream rooms. Um and um each of those live stream channels had their own text channel in the Komoricon Discord. And so like during our panel the instead of having like an individual chat room for each event, they just said like, okay, you're, you're basically moving to panel room two. Um, so, and that was cool. And I think we had some really good interaction with the audience. Um, but it's also, you know, it's harder because there was a, at least a five second delay. And so, Uh um, and if people weren't careful, I found myself frequently on 45 second delay when watching the live stream. Um, and so if people weren't careful, they were like, commenting on things that happened minutes ago um and so that was a i don't little... know how, how can you i don't know how you can be careful like that just <laughs> that just happens that just yeah. is how it will be like um, if you ever watch twitch streams like just in general it's always like mm-hmm. that the chat's like always a little bit behind so you gotta you gotta wait yeah and i think that's that's another thing like i've never been someone who watches streamers um occasionally like um I play Magic the Gathering and occasionally I'll watch like a, a professional doing a type of gameplay so I can improve my own skill. But I'm not like someone who like says, oh, this dude's streaming every Thursday at seven. I'm going to check in on this. Um, you're telling me you tell me you don't watch the professional Japanese streamers who go to pachinko parlors and like show themselves playing pachinko for seven hours and explain how to get the best machine that day. Do those streams exist? They do. They do. There's a channel on t- t- like actual TV. Hold this, on. This, this just happens. Okay. So I like have to assume they're wearing like a get up like the 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 guy, one of the knights in Serial Experiments Lane where he just has like the whole computer rig on his back and like a VR headset and he's it's just like wandering like around mumbling I to think himself. Be, be, it's a little, it's like that, but uh, because technology, since this is not 1999 anymore, he can do it all with the phone. Oh, or okay. like a GoPro. So, but he sets it up like on a tripod behind his shoulder and it's just uh, like it's like mostly dead air <laughs> of just him playing pachinko. But then occasionally he'll he'll be like, "Now look, here you see that the odds have changed in this part. So this is when you'll know to like do this and do this." And he like explains. That's crazy. It's Okay. It's ridiculous and I'm well, like, now "How?" I have my, now I have my <laughs> new thing. <laughs> Wonder how long it'll it, lead to to divorce with me just like streaming pachinko twenty four seven, but it's like 
then you're like, this guy's just gambling. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to watch this. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, my last, and I think the most significant complaint about Digikumo I have is that the schedule was not published until uh, Thursday midday. Um, yeah, that's the, the that's the uh, killer. That's the the only that's the the complaint of complaints. Yeah. And I mean, you know, from trying to schedule things from me, I schedule my life like a month in advance. That's true. Because um, I'm an adult and I don't have a lot of free time, so, um, like, not giving people the opportunity to review the schedule and say, "Oh, I need to be free," because it's different. Like, if you know. Okay, I'm going to be at an in-person con from, um, you know, Friday to Sunday. You don't plan anything because you know you're going to be at the con. But the benefit of the accessibility of a digital convention is, oh, I can do things around the streaming schedule. But how how are you supposed to prepare for that if you don't get the schedule until like way before? So like, and you know. Morikon's a volunteer organization, um, and everybody does a lot of hard work. Everybody that volunteers for Morikon does a lot of hard work. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, but I don't think that Goodwill is going to exempt them from some constructive feedback in, if you're doing an event, you have to get the schedule out as soon as possible because that's the only way you're going to effectively draw in an audience. Well, when you say as soon as possible, we have no way to know that when they got it to us wasn't as soon as possible. True. Okay. Uh, so I you assume should... that they were, I assume that maybe they were, I mean, okay, I, as much as the next person would love to make fun of how terrible Morikon is being <laughs> now, but uh, t to play devil's advocate, I think probably they prioritized the heavy hitting guests mm -hmm. and they needed their, like, uh, availability first like for example they needed to figure out when all the cowboy bebop voice actors can all assemble at once and probably they're waiting for some information like this before they could you know trickle yeah. down the and when everyone else's panel would be like i'm that's probably pretty spot on because like i said they did pull off some what are pretty substantial wins like there was both a cowboy bebop reunion um, and a panel of a lot of the English VA cast for Promare. Um, and so that's coordinating a lot of kind of heavy hitter voice actor talent. And yeah, I'm sure that it was probably difficult to do that. I, I would tell them that they should have had all of that finalized like a month <laughs> before the event. Um, and then given yeah. the, at least a month. So the, where I come from on this is, um, you know, I, in my professional life, assist um, uh, the, the user group for the company I work at um, in planning their national conference every year. And, like, that event is, like, 500 people. KomoriCon is, like, 10,000 people. And normally, KomoriCon gets the schedule out way in advance. Um, and you know, for even that smaller event I do for work, I work with someone who was a professional event planner and they've always like pushed us to get the schedule done six months before the event. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, it's so important to being able to draw in an audience. And I think Digikumo 
struggle to draw an audience. Um, the numbers that we were, were kind of seeing when we were streaming was like maybe 700 people, um, which is a far cry from the normal thousands that attend the event. Now, okay, now this is a point I didn't know. Did, uh, I couldn't see the numbers of who is, how many people were watching us. And mm-hmm. you're saying it was about 700 that were watching our... Not uh, ours, but in total, like in oh, being in active in the Discord and um, watching the streams. Yeah. Did you... Were there numbers? I don't mean to like derail <laughs> what we were talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I, I would have to... I don't know if we could see the numbers that we, when we were streaming. Um, I don't remember Josh noting what they were. If I had to guess, I'd say that there was probably 100 or 200 people watching our stream. Wow. That's great. At least uh, I hope. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, uh, yeah, but to your earlier point, I, I don't know. I kind of think that probably what happened is they the Comic-Con was well aware of the potential of no attendees at something like this. So I assume that they were not willing to just, uh, you know, cave to the deadline like mm-hmm. set a deadline and then when all the the big name voice actors didn't reply in time be like sorry mm-hmm. you're not on comic con anymore they're probably gonna be like well they call their bluff and we have to like literally wait until they say it's okay yeah that's true but like yeah and it, it, who knows it probably did take until the final minute to to arrange that cowboy bebop reunion but i feel like they like i if, don't want to blame if, them but like I'm yeah not... <laughs> but it, like let, let's just assume because that in my opinion is like cutting across all age groups of anime fandom i feel like i at least i hope younger anime fans are watching cowboy bebop too and so like that to me would have the greatest hook and you could have almost said like digikumo featuring a reunion of the cowboy bebop cast um and like which is yeah which is why seats. i I feel like it was probably a last-minute get, mm. and they they couldn't announce or release anything because they're waiting on something or like I don't know maybe there's some legal thing involved yeah. where they needed to get some release or something like this. So yeah. they're just like, we're it's it's they knew it was happening, but they're like we literally can't say, so we have to we have to wait, and it sucks. Let's let's just you know I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here, but mm-hmm. I assume it's going to be something like that. Yeah, because uh, the alternative is that they had no business planning uh, an event, and, <laughs> and I, I don't want to go that. I don't want to like just yeah directly and, go to that. <laughs> and who knows like what um what COVID did to their volunteer ranks? Because normally it's a small army running KomoriCon. It didn't quite feel that way this year. Um, sure, sure, sure. The barrier to like being a productive helper mm-hmm. in this situation is having a lot of like access to high end uh like yeah uh, computer equipment to be able to do a lot of this kind of stuff to like assist with streaming and assist with moderating and having bandwidth and and your internet connection to do everything mm -hmm. so you know every volunteer that normally goes to KomoriCon may not have that so Mm -hmm. you're limiting your pool of people who can help by quite a bit exactly and i will say um they went with uh some streaming service provided via amazon um, web services uh and i think it worked fairly well we um, Jason um, utilized a, a streaming tool on his um, his rig and streamed it to their um, to their to that Amazon service, and it it went up. We had some f- a few technical difficulties, but I think um, 
I really I liked the where the simple setup where it was just here are four rooms. It's basically four TV channels. Tune into a channel and watch the content. Um, I like that a lot. Um, and you know, like, this definitely isn't the worst Comoricon I've been to. Um, I yeah, I would say that, that too. <laughs> I, we attended one panel, and still isn't the worst one we've been to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> just really Mostly, funny. Uh, I uh, I will say that uh, to register, I still had to wait in line, mm. which I didn't I didn't appreciate that. Like the uh, they didn't send like the automated service didn't send my like confirmation code for mm-hmm. like twenty minutes, and I was like, still have to still have to wait to register, huh? That's so funny. That's, they didn't improve that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, you had to virtually wait in line. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I you know it was. Um, I think Jeopardy went well, um, you know, and I'm I'm really glad that we all got to work together on it again. Um, I think it's, I don't know Jason and I were talking about um, the feasibility and and or merits of potentially doing um, anime Jeopardy divorced from KomoriCon, where we would set up our own live stream mm-hmm. um, and maybe, maybe do it. Um, just as like a something to to stream on Twitch or something like that, um, but you yeah, know I think a couple it, times a year like a yeah. fun event, yeah, yeah I think like quarterly would be just kind of something cool, and then um, maybe instead of doing nine contestants, we we seek out three really qualified contestants and make the game really hard, um, you know something like that. It's just you know just it was it was a good year to to experiment. This whole twenty twenty has just been a great year to experiment with. Um, different ways of working, different ways of producing content, consuming content, um, doing events, that type of stuff. And um, I I think it was a good challenge for us to be like, well, could we do Anime Jeopardy digitally? Which mm-hmm. I think we can. We, we proved that that's 100% possible and also enjoyable. So yeah, uh, yeah we can. Uh, if COVID is still wreaking its <laughs> havoc next year, uh, during SoccerCon, maybe we can also get in on doing remote SoccerCon panel. Oh, great idea! Because that's that exists. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if other conventions like big name conventions are also doing online, it's possible we could like even submit to some East Coast convention and like mm. try to get on prime time. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great great point. Do anime next or something like that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Um, but I'm sure it's fierce competition to get in there, but oh, I bet. who knows? Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, once again, as all conventions are, the fun was in hanging out with your friends and making your own fun rather than yep. the convention providing the fun for you. Um, yeah. So um, who's to say that the convention even, <laughs> even, even like this is the year where, uh, the convention had the least, like the or the most hands off approach to to making our fun, and mm-hmm. uh, it was mostly us on our own hanging out. So, yeah, mm, that kind of that's know. correlation is like is <laughs> is far farther the farther we get removed from official Gamoricon things, the the yeah. more fun we have. I so. think um, we you know we made some major uh, progress in our hashtag Find Jack initiative, um, and that that honestly to me was like the best part of the convention is um you know we we spent like probably a good hour just chatting with friends um mm-hmm. 
and reconnecting with people. And that was, I think that was kind of like the best part. Um, and you're, you're right. It always is the best part of a convention, um, which is, you know, it's a bummer that we couldn't be in person, but I think we got the next best thing. I agree. Yeah, it, it is. It is good. Um, it's definitely better than like a work sanctioned zoom happy hour. <laughs> it, it, it to me uh before doing this i uh was a little apprehensive because i've done many mandated work zoom happy hours and mm. they're just awful mm-hmm. because in a real happy hour situation you all show up to the bar and you can like kind of break off into small groups and talk amongst yourselves yeah uh but in a zoom meeting you just you're all drinking and just speaking and it's just really terrible yeah and so my initial thought for this kind of uh experience for komori was going to be like great the whole general population of komori is all going to be yelling at each other and <laughs> watching stuff and it's going to be terrible and no one can break off the fun of like going to a place is you know like talking to your friends within the context of something instead of just being like in the ether yeah. along with everybody else and I feel like the, the that didn't that didn't happen as mm-hmm. much as I thought. It was actually enjoyable, and we were able to kind of like break off and talk. So I, I give yeah. it a big win, big thumbs yep. up for me. Big thumbs up for Digicomo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they should rest easy knowing that they, you know, <laughs> with minim- minimal planning and minimal advertisement, <laughs> and not helping us get contestants in the contestant selection. They we still had fun despite oh. their best efforts. Yeah, if anybody from um, Digikumo's PR team is listening to this podcast right now, uh, I'd like to give some professional advice, one marketer to another. Uh, if someone producing content for you reaches out and asks for assistance in publicizing their contribution to your event, just say yes. Just mm-hmm. say yes. It's it's one button. Just retweet not, that tweet. Yeah, done. You're done. <laughs> I'm I'm totally not bitter about the fact that Digikumo refused to uh, help spread the message about our panel. <laughs> Maybe they knew secretly on the inside that our panel would be like running up directly with like one of their panels, and they're just like, we can't have oh viewers yeah, we were siphoned off. We we were counter programming the AMV contest, which is always it's a crazy world. I got to tell you um because like do people who go to the amv contest really uh have to make a split decision like do i compete in my knowledge supremacy or do i watch amvs which i can do at home not anywhere like not at a convention yeah i i don't know we should really talk to jason about it because he goes every year like he's big on the amvs i still don't understand why yeah it's just like i don't friends go to the freaking a and b contest and i don't understand why i'm like you guys they're all online for free to watch (laughs) you don't need to go to a convention to see them yeah who knows who knows what people do why people do what they do or what they do in the privacy of their own homes who knows yeah who knows (laughs) definitely can't make any guesses but yeah good stuff good convention yeah it's a good time it was a good time (laughs) <laughs> um that's it really about that's it. all we got <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got we did our panels and we watched one panel and we yep. uh saw the titles of other panels and said no thanks 
Yeah, we tuned into a few while we were sitting there. Um, okay. at, well, personally, I didn't. I just yeah. saw parts of it. And Annie Bros. West, we watched a few, and it's like, I don't know. I guess I just don't get nerd humor. <laughs> like That's probably one of the big issues. No, um, I think I think you do get it. I think it's just not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we watched a few, and, like, it was... It was all right, but it's like um, it's kind of like college improv where <laughs> yes. you, you you hit it like one out of every five times. So it's like okay, you had a good joke and then you missed it. Well, the worst part the worst part of that kind of stuff is yeah, it's one out of every five tries you get something funny, and then when they when they recognize the funny thing, then they overdrive it into the ground. Oh, they're gonna lot. beat that beat that horse. And, they're just gonna take a bat like, out and just be like. This got like, the most no, laughs. It was funny, but then you called back to it six times, and it's not funny anymore. Gotta love a callback. <laughs> Hashtag find Jack. Um, yeah, that reminds me of the uh, time. I don't know if you were with me. I can't. I can't remember now when who was with me during these things. I'm getting too old. But <laughs> was I think it was you? Maybe we went to no, probably Jack. We went to the anime stand up panel. Oh God, no! I would have remembered that, and no, definitely. Oh, I was remember not it. Me. It was certainly the worst thing uh, that I'd ever seen. That's not good. <laughs> it almost was uh, bad enough to make fun of and laugh, like laugh a lot by how ridiculously bad <laughs> and awkward they were. And I probably we're, did get a few chuckles of just like how, how just like awful it was, but. Um, was it oh, walk on or was it rehearsed? Oh, oh it was walk on. It was just oh. improv, improv stand up open mic anime oh, no. edition. That's not that's not something anybody <laughs> ever wants. No, it was so it was so bad. This was a while ago though. Uh, I distinctly remember what room it was in at the the Red Lion in Vancouver. Oh yeah, was it in one of the like the big rooms? No, like it, it was in the the small room near the near the stairs. Oh, you don't want to be able to see the face of the person bombing at improv at a stand-up comedy. No, it was stand-up comedy in like complete broad, all the room lights on. Oh, <laughs> I was like, no. this is this is good. This is not good. And they didn't make you like. I guess maybe you were a minor at that point, but they didn't. There was not like two drink minimum. There was. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just. It was god awful. It was just. It was. Oh, that sucks. Bad. Um, and. I miss I don't miss it but I wish they did it more because I it's I want to make fun of it <laughs> and everyone should see it and just be like this is a workshop and what not to do in comedy yeah <laughs> that's a hard life anybody that chooses to be a stand-up comedian I commend the people for trying like they tried yeah. really hard and it just was worse each person who got up i'm just like how <laughs> how is this possible all it would have taken for one is one self-aware person to just like totally make fun of how dumb it was that this was mm. happening and it would have been it would have been the funniest thing ever but would have saved it it, it wasn't oh, it just funny. kept being bad just like just it was it was the jokes you'd expect like you know um like i i don't know I can't even I can't even think of a dumb example. <laughs> so. Or someone like just, I, I hope there was one comedian who like punctuated every every punchline with believe it. 
<laughs> we could have. Now that this is, uh, they should do this panel again, and I want to like go up and um, swear purposefully up. just do this like surrealist, like really, yeah. really bad, <laughs> stupid comedy. <laughs> that would be oh. interesting. There we go. Oh yeah, that gives us a reason to live to the next Kamori Khan. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, oh God. Uh, well, uh, as an aside, have you been watching anything before we wrap um, this up? Yeah, I've been I've been following uh, Yashihime, um, the Inuyasha sequel, like we talked about. It's fun. Um, you know, it's enjoyable. I'm still the mystery of like why do these people not know who their parents are is a little. Uh, little less believable uh, i'm sure there's some explanation um and then um i've been watching dragon quest the legend of die um which i really like a lot so let me let me pitch you dragon quest because i think that um i feel like you'd enjoy it i mean you should you should check it out so um dragon quest you know is um, folks may, may or may not know is is uh, an RPG series in Japan. Um, it it's rivals probably surpasses Final Fantasy in popularity um, in Japan. Mm. It's it's a little less popular in the West, but it's it's gaining popularity. There have been a few recent releases for like the Switch um, and um, I think the PS4 or maybe the Xbox. Was the last I guess now what was considered the last console generation. Um, Dragon Quest games that were really popular and um, Dragon Quest character designs were originally done by Akira Toyama the uh, creator of Dragon Ball so it's his style of art mm-hmm. um, and um, it's just really cool because it's like that kind of old school Dragon Ball art um, done really well like the animation is is really spot on because I, I imagine this has a pretty high budget there is some use of 3d because there's some monsters in it but i think it's it's used sparingly and and done well um the story i think is really it's a very straightforward adventure story it's like you need a hero there's a big bad you got to defeat and we're going to go on a quest um but it's just every episode is solid <laughs> like there's it's there's a beginning middle and end that's really just not there's no fluff to it it's just executed well um now that it's gotten into like the main story of things um it's just really awesome like it's just there's like a training art you know there's a training montage episode um and then there's like a mystery revealed about who the trainer is um and then the trainer has a has a badass fight against the big bad um so it's like it, it almost reminds me of like the early days of getting home from school and watching dragon ball z where it's like oh this is I know what I know what I'm getting in for. I'm going to I'm going to see the setup. I'm going to watch a fight and there's going to be some falling action. Um and it's all done well. Is the story original to the anime or is it recounting some game plot? I have no idea <laughs> cuz I never played Dragon Quest. Um, okay. I don't know. It it almost feels like it might be the original Dragon Quest plot. Um but it also feels like um there's certain aspects of it that are related that feel related to the the version of Dragon Quest where you can capture monsters. I mean, that's relevant for like the first two episodes. Um, so it might be one of those, but um, it's new to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I also never played Dragon Quest, hmm. but I'm familiar with Dragon Quest. And I never really, I never really got into it because mm-hmm. I didn't like, th- I didn't like the art. 
Yeah. Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dumb. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I uh, and I don't, I don't usually like, like strict fantasy RPGs. Yeah. Like, mm. so I was like, whatever dragon in the name sounds mm-hmm. lame. Um, but everyone loves it. And I mean, it has the classic, I mean, the, at least the game has like, you know, classic RPG turn-based elements. So yeah, it's, it's probably, it's probably cool. Yeah. And the, I, you can tell like the show is definitely made for fr- fans of Dragon Quest. Cause they'll like use the classic Dragon Quest spells. Um, and all the classic Dragon Quest monsters are there. Um, and it's very much set up. Like if you know the elements of an RPG, you're going to know this, but the thing I absolutely love about it is it's not an isekai. Well, so. yeah, I feel like that's like a technicality because it's it's a it's a spiritually an isekai because you as the viewer are transported into the Dragon Quest world. Oh, okay, that's deep, but <laughs> it there's no like there's no faux setup where it's like oh you here's this person that was in the real world and now they're in the fantasy world it's like no one was hit by a car by saving a child or something exactly and it's like there's no like real world knowledge brought into it it's just like the fantasy world is allowed to be itself the it's allowed to be interesting because it is a fantasy world as opposed to it's interesting because look how quaint and different it is from the real world um it's just refreshing Mm -hmm. Like it's totally, it's it's totally a Sunday morning kids cartoon, but I think it's done really well, and um, animation's clean. The story is engaging, and the action is really well done. So I I just like it a lot, and cool. I think anybody yeah. who maybe anybody like us who grew up with like Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z would also really enjoy it. Maybe I'll give it a watch and see how how that holds true. Because, like, you know, I, I also enjoy a nice Dragon Ball episode. So uh, I I can't I can't get into Dragon Ball Z anymore because I'm just mm-hmm. I can't I can't. <laughs> it's too it's too much fighting and yeah. not enough stuff happening. Um, but I, do, I like Dragon Ball. It was a nice, fun adventure. I like I, I more enjoy the adventure than the um the like tournament fighting so yeah it's good i'll give it a try yeah i i do i think i think you i think our listeners should check it out um it's the thing i'm enjoying the most of the fall season right now and i'm not i'm not watching a lot of the fall season honestly because it's it's one of those things where it's just like i got a lot going on right now i gotta i gotta both fight like seasonal depression and you know renewed covid panic (laughs) so it's like uh, I can fit in two anime series right now. Well, three. I'm also watching the uh, Iwa Kakeru girl, uh, sports climbing girls, um, which is, is proving to be, yeah, it's it's a sports anime. It's fun. Um, and it's always fun watching a series about something you know nothing about, like a, a sport mm-hmm. you know nothing about. So I'm learning a lot about rock climbing. Nice. Yeah, that's the best part about sports anime. I like the straight sports anime Yeah, where it's not like, haikyuu or something where it's like it's sports but look at the boys mm-hmm. i like the ones where it's like it's sports learn the sport yeah that's my favorite like classic slam dunk or uh major slam dunk is like major yeah major as well 
I was going to say touch, but touch is not like that. Touch is like, look at the story, and also there's baseball. Baseball is drama. Uh, baseball is drama. It's the greatest, it's, it's the greatest game. Why will <laughs> no, one, no one acknowledge that? I'm glad I moved to a country where the real pastime is baseball. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. You're watching something from this season because I am not. Oof. I've, I've watched nothing from this season. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll try the Climbing Girls or I'll probably give Dragon Quest a one-episode test. Um, <laughs> give it like a two-episode test. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um. But, uh, yeah, I haven't watched any. Been watching any anime like on my own, on my own time. I say, but mm-hmm. my my slot for watching anime is at night while I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Uh, after my wife has gone to sleep, we watch. I watch like you know I have free reign to watch whatever anime I feel like watching, that she may not be interested in. <laughs> and I started. <laughs> I just got through telling you how I don't like like fighting shows. Yeah. So I'm gonna directly, directly contradict what I just said. That's what we do here. That I that I uh was nostalgic for watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Nice. So I started watching that. Um and oh, yeah. well, well I'll probably stop detective. watching it. Yeah, I'll probably stop watching it once it gets to like tournament arc, because mm. whatever. But um the first part of that show is great. Yeah. Um so yeah, I made it all the way up until uh they're they're like trying to get into that castle <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you remember? yeah okay. yes yeah <laughs> there's so many like yeah like there's like the demon bugs taking over the people in the real world and they have to yeah, go yeah. into the castle so i'm not that far but i'm, I'm there i, I kind of want to rewatch it because uh, i feel fans of uh early toonami will remember that they stopped showing yu hawk show before i had finished Mm-hmm. So like a- after the tournament arc, they just they stopped it and then yeah. they put it on some random like Saturday night to finish it off, but they didn't advertise it, so nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really finished it, and I was like, you know what, I kind of want to watch the the end and see how it ends. Yeah, totally. And I need something to go to sleep to, so I started watching that. Nice. But then I got a little bit bored of it after like ten episodes, Aww. and I started watching uh, You're Under Arrest. Oh yeah, okay. And fans nice. of the show will remember that we reviewed that in episode 21. We, we reviewed the OVAs of You're Under Arrest, which is like four mm-hmm. episodes, five episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? There's a TV series that's 47 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I wanted anime from the same era as Yu Yu Show, but gotcha. uh, less fighting and mm-hmm. uh, just less fighting, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. And more cars driving around. <laughs> it sounded, okay. sounded better. So I, I chose that. And nice. so I'm on episode like three. Of okay. I just started watching it a couple of days ago. Um, but it's good. I really, nice. I really miss hand drawn animation. I really, really, <laughs> really do. It has a different and, feel to it. And I kind of the thing that I really enjoy um, with like a good HD um, transfer or like. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like. And you can kind of the... see like cell depth and the uh-huh. shadows of things, yeah. Exactly. Not to get like total, I... that's totally pretentious, but that's yeah. exactly exactly what I what I was gonna say. Watching the like Blu-ray remasters of these old shows, I'm like, you know, 
I'm not just nostalgic for the the time. I mean, that's a little bit it, but mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. And like, it's the stylized so good when you see like the really nice HD captures of these original cells. Like it just yeah. it looks awesome. And everything should be drawn like that. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe in like 10 years, we'll get like a research into like, yeah, like to a vinyl revival where like some hipster studio like Trigger is going to be like, you know what? What if we, what if we did it all in cells? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Yeah. That's what I want to see. I mean, it'll I, never happen, but I want No, that. it's never going to happen. I think that I think artists are um it's a lot of work to do those cells and I think digital is just um a lot less stressful and demanding on their bodies. Like animators already are suffering under the rigors of anime production. Okay. Well, well, what about this? Why don't they print the mm. the each frame onto a cell? and then Damn, capture it on a cool camera idea. so then that's it has a, that look but you know yeah. they did it on a computer that is actually a really interesting idea i wonder if anybody's ever done that let's we'll do some research yeah see look at this i'm just <laughs> i got all the i got all the answers they should, you just pioneered should a, probably a brand new idea <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's all i've been watching recently nice. mostly preparing for the kimori con and then yeah also working and having a life same not a very eventful life but a life nonetheless yeah a living life which is all we can hope for in 2020 yeah i've been watching a lot of uh live action drama which Mm. is like a huge thing that i just never cared about same and there's a lot of interesting japanese dramas Mm -hmm. a lot most of the interesting ones uh are based on manga obviously Mm -hmm. but there are some original ones that are still really good um like i was watching the show called trick yeah and it's it's great uh if you guys uh care to watch real humans interacting 3d humans you can uh, watch trick it's from like 2001 or something but mm-hmm. it, it's it's good if you like kind of surrealist comedy and also mysteries yeah i i would highly recommend it yeah, I'll check it's it really out. weird. So yeah, so this is a J drama. Yeah, J drama. Uh, the premise is like there's always a, the sh- the show like goes in like these three to four episode chunks for one arc. So each arc, there's this. It starts off with this um, daughter of a famous magician, mm-hmm. and she's also a magician, but her father mysteriously died. And she loves being a magician, so she dedicates her life to, like, learning all the magic tricks. And she knows, like, how to do magic tricks, basically. But she's, like, weird, like, really weird. And her ability to get a job doesn't exist. She keeps (laughs) getting fired. And she's just, like, a strange person. Uh, But she loves magic. And then there's this really pretentious uh, college physics professor Mm -hmm. who's just, like, a caricature of a snobby professor and like can't be bothered to like be affectionate or show emotion because that's not logical kind of a mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And uh he has this like contest in the first episode to find a to prove that like if you can prove that s- like clairvoyance exists, some some kind of supernatural ability, like if you can prove that it exists, I'll give you like a million yen or something. Oh, so yeah. all these all these magicians come in and they like try to like fake fake it 
Mm-hmm. And if and then he like debunks what they did to as like this is not really oh, supernatural. Cool. You you just did this trick. So then she comes in and does like a really good trick that he can't figure out. Mm-hmm. And then was like, "Good, you're the one I need." Now, oh, interesting. Th- th- there was no money actually. You need to come with me <laughs> because I was, I was hired by this village to prove that this uh, like cult leader is not really a cult leader. Mm. But I can't figure out the trick, so you need to, to come figure it out for me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Is, is is the premise? Okay. And yeah, so, that sounds really interesting. I'm gonna have to check it and, out. Yeah. So they like go on, and so then that's like the first arc, and then every subsequent arc. Like a- after they've proved it or whatever, they go their separate ways, and then the next arc starts, and it's like you know, several months later, and yeah. uh, the magician girl like is fired from her job again, and then the crazy professor like gets a request from mm-hmm. some uh, another thing, and then comes to her and is like, "Hey, you need to come with me to help <laughs> do this." And so then they always end up going to some like rural village with some really weird ritual. That they gotcha. need to like fig- figure out what the trick is, why, how they're able to trick the people into thinking it's supernatural, even though it's, hmm. it's and it's like an elaborate trick that they have to like discover. And I'll check it out. It's really good, and the the style of the show is like surrealist comedy, so okay. it's 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 really interesting. I highly recommend the show. Okay, I'm sold. I'm definitely gonna seek it out. Yeah, and then uh, for a more straight shooting show, I've been watching Furuhata Ninzaburo which is like this famous, it's just Japanese Columbo. That's all it is. Yeah, I was going to say that sounded really familiar. It's Japanese Columbo. He, <laughs> you you see the murder actually happen in the first scene, and then um, mm. the, the detective kind of shows up and starts like pretending he's clueless, but then like mm-hmm. asking really annoying questions to make the, the killer like annoyed and then figures out like wh- how it happened and you you just see it happen. It's literally like an homage to Columbo. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of good shows <laughs> actually. Yeah, that are there's definitely a lot of a lot of TV out there to can to fill the fill the days with. Um, yeah, I feel like it's this untapped section of shows because mm. you know I'm running. I mean, I'm not running out of anime to watch, but I'm running out of anime that I care about watching. Yeah, I totally so, get that. Uh, I was like. Oh, this is good. I like these new shows that I've never seen. Or shows mm-hmm. that are adapted from a manga that didn't have an anime adaptation. I'm like, I uh, still don't have to read the manga, but now I get yeah. to see it happen in front of me, so that's good. Yeah, it's really, like, um, there was that live-action adaptation of uh, Keep Your Hands Off Azoken. I need to seek yeah. out. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen that, uh, but that's on the list, too. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. Uh we gotta we gotta play ourselves out <laughs> yeah so uh go to www.antipresspodcast.com to uh listen to all of our fine episodes like as as in the one i mentioned earlier episode 21 one of our early uh con- contrib- con- contributions to <laughs> the internet uh where we talk about you're under arrest the ova and then uh, maybe i will tell you more about how the tv series goes later on after i finish it nice yeah i'm excited to hear more about that because it's a series i've um people talk on any twitter a lot about uh, you gotta start watching these old shows they're I know. great i gotta make time for it um yeah and so you can find us uh online uh at anniebroscreative.com where you can also find our other um 
sister podcasts like uh, Otofu Susume, Recommendations from My Otaku Spouse, where a married couple recommends uh, anime, manga, video games, comics to each other and then talk about it. Or uh, Real Japan, where we talk about um, live action adaptations of anime or manga. Uh, and then once in a, I don't know, two moon event, you'll get a new episode of Fujoshi Trash Talk. Uh, where Fujoshi's talk about trash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trash talks about trash. Trash talk about trash. Uh, and you can find me, Kenny, on Twitter at Sakoku underscore Otaku. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Levin Both on Twitter. I don't post anything, but... <laughs> but you're uh, there. Maybe you, I will. You retweet things at me, and that's what counts. Uh, you retweeted a really good Eva meme the other day that I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> I know. I saw that and was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. It's me curating the memes for the people. <laughs> Quality follow. <laughs> well, yeah. Excellent. Yep, that's it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, well, for listening. Yeah. Uh, go do something. Get prepared for okay. the coup. Yep. <laughs> Gotta go practice bayonet drills. Yep. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. I mean, it's really not that important. We don't need to look it up. But he, they'd make a joke just like, like, I was on the bus yesterday and somebody was touching my butt and yeah. I looked around like, is it Mamoru? That's the that's the joke. <laughs> Just like, oh god, stop it now. <laughs>